I'm here with Andrew Vickery, and this is Ben Kissing for the History Voyager. And we are going to talk about, well, a lot of things, the music scene in Atlanta and uh, what Atlanta was kind of like before and after the pandemic, or before and during the pandemic. The pandemic is still going on. So why don't we start off at the beginning? So tell me about yourself. Like, tell me what drew you to Atlanta. Tell me, first of all, I talk about Atlanta a lot in my podcast. Just talk about your experience of it. Okay. Well, <clears throat> um, I can tell you that, uh, let's see, work kind of drew my wife and I here to Atlanta um, to begin with because she was working here for um, a long time here in the city, and I got a job here in the city, and uh, we were living in the suburbs, and First of all, the commute was something that kind of made us decide to move in closer. So we're living right here in town, um, right across the street from Pont City Market um, in Atlanta. And another thing that kind of drew me here was the music scene, which is something I know you wanted to talk about. Like, I had been playing uh, in a couple different bands in Athens for a while, um, Athens, Georgia and started making my way into Atlanta and doing some stuff here and, and made a lot of connections and joined several different bands here in town, and, and it kind of stuck. Um, I've, I've had, oh gosh, I'd say maybe a half dozen different bands I've played with um, that have either come and gone or, or had different iterations and and, and um in addition to my own solo stuff that I've tried to do here, um, it's been a real sort of fruitful environment with with different players and, and, and different venues and stuff like that. So it's just kind of a all-encompassing sort of thing. It's, you know, you, you live here for work, and then you live here for your music and, and that kind of stuff, and that's kind of where we landed for the time being. All right, so tell me, now you might, well, you might be aware of this, but, I mean, in my experience with Atlanta, a lot of people outside of the area kind of kind of see it as, um, how would you say, like sort of the place to end up or the place to be or, um, so kind of compare and contrast Atlanta to, or I guess Metro Atlanta or whatever, to the rest of the state, or at least your experience of this, the rest of the state? Well, I mean, there there are two, two, two big, like, I don't know how to phrase this without sounding um, offensive to other cities, but Athens and Atlanta are the two big, to me, the two big cities in the in the state. Like in terms of music, if we're talking if we're talking about music, like of course you've got Macon with the the obvious connection to the Almond Brothers and stuff like that. But I, it, Athens and Atlanta um, were really the right the top. You, you, you know what I mean? Like you've got. You've got two huge scenes in these two cities. Um, Athens yeah. is, or is a, a mecca 
of course, and a, a, a wonderful breeding ground for great music. And Atlanta, of course, is too. Um, so I, I guess if you compare this city to the rest of the cities in the state, it's it's really where you want to be. Um, it's where I have wanted to be for the past several years, you know. And I, I mean, I'm, like I know, I mean, like I know some of the acts came out of Athens. Uh, but why don't in Atlanta? But why don't you say uh, what some of them were or are? Uh, Atlanta or Athens? So Atlanta. Let's do Athens first, and then Atlanta. Okay. Well, obviously in Athens you've got your your staples, your your REM, you know, and and Pylon is another. Uh, pretty influential band, and then you've got a lot of solo artists out of Athens. Uh, Vic Chestnut was a was a giant. Um, uh, Drive by truckers. He was a country act. No, he was a kind of a folk singer, singer songwriter kind of guy. Um, yeah, very influential. Um, and and that just really barely scratches the surface when you're talking about Athens. I mean, it's. Athens is very, very rich in its music scene and its creativity. Um, yeah. Of course, Atlanta, you've got, you know, um, you've got Driving and Crying. You've got... Uh, Mastodon. Yeah, Mastodon. You've got Out the Indigo Girls. Yeah. <laughs> you, 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 we could talk all afternoon about Atlanta <laughs> and, and the different genres that it touches. You know, yeah, it's, it's and it, it's kind of weird how, at least from my taste in music, it's kind of weird how, like Outkast, they were influenced by metal, but everybody coming out of Atlanta, at least of an age, I feel like, was influenced by some way by heavy metal, which to me is weird. <laughs> you know, I maybe you're maybe I'm wrong there, but you know what I'm saying. Yeah. So you're saying I'm wrong, or are you saying I'm right? No, I'm not saying you're wrong at all. I just I, I, the metal the, the metal connection is something that I never thought about. So, well, like I grew up a fan. Well, grew up there almost. We're on the same age, but I, I've been a fan of Outkast for a lot of years, <laughs> real early. And you don't. I want. I've always wondered if they were from Atlanta. I mean, if they weren't from Atlanta, would they be? as versed in metal as they are. <laughs> do, you, do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I I, I don't know. Like Yeah. The the metal thing, I, I just don't I don't understand it. Like I'm not well versed in it. I, I appreciate like we could talk about punk rock all day, you know. Um yeah, yeah. metal is something that I don't I don't really understand. I guess we're, I guess we're, well, I guess we're of the generation that we don't really have the, like you're either a punk fan or a metal fan. Like the people older than us, I feel like that's just kind of a thing. You know, where you're one or the other. Right? I don't know. I I could talk about music with you all, all afternoon. (laughs) <laughs> Literally all day long. Um, yeah, so 
why don't you talk about kind of the the scene i guess like this the music scene in atlanta um both pre and post covid so if you don't mind let's let's since this is fundamentally a history podcast let's nail down a time here so how long have you been aware of the various georgia music scenes be it athens or atlanta or, or wherever well, I had an inkling as a kid, like a small small child in elementary school, that something was going on in Athens because I lived near there. Um, we we talked about this earlier today. I lived in a small town called Statham, Georgia, um, <clears throat> up until 1990. Um, and yeah. you know, I would be. I really didn't start the music passion or or the addiction until I was a teenager, um, but being a child and, and being at home and seeing things on TV and knowing where I was geographically, I knew that REM was happening in the eighties, you know, right, I mean, up the, right up the road, right up the road. Um, and yeah. it, it, it sort of, that, that sort of reverberate, um, you know, I, I, I had an inkling that, that there was something happening there. Atlanta never really, uh, occurred to me until later on, you know, when you started hearing things about the Indigo Girls and, you know, even, even artists like Sean Mullins and, you know, yeah. hearing them on the radio, hearing them on the radio and, and yeah. realizing that Eddie's Attic was kind of a hotbed of songwriters, you know, I, I sort of got an institution, in, yeah. I got in, I mean, to, to, I got into songwriters when I was, you know, coming up and, and, and learning how to play guitar. And that's kind of what I was after. I was after the, the Bob Dylan. I was after the, the solo, uh, acoustic guitar player kind of thing where you're, it's just you on stage and, and playing. And, and of course, later on, I've, I've, you know, now I'm a, a pedal steel player. I, I play in a couple different bands. I'm, I'm kind of a, my whether I, I I intended for this or not, my songwriting, my solo stuff is sort of taking a back seat, as it were, to supporting other songwriters. Um, yeah, that's something I'm working on changing. But I told you earlier today that I have writer's block, which is eating me up, and I, you know, I haven't written <laughs> anything new in a long time. It's killing me, but. Yeah, you know, I'm sitting here on the I'm sitting here on the couch, and my acoustic guitar is sitting on the couch next to me, and yeah. I've really got I've really got to work on that. But um, in a roundabout way, you know, Athens I think was the first thing that that occurred to me, and then you know once I got into the once I delved into it a little bit more and started thinking about songwriting and you know solo artists and artistry Atlanta sort of became more of a more of a focal point yeah I remember uh the first looking back the first sort of inkling I'm a little strange uh in that um my people my mother's people are from here are from metro Atlanta right so, to me, going all the way back to 1810, 
So to me, this is just home, right? Mm-hmm. So you don't really notice how big somewhere is until you go other places. Like if, if you're of here, you, know, you, you don't notice how big somewhere is until you go other places. Yeah. The first inkling that I had that Atlanta was sort of this entertainment situation was I was going somewhere with my mom when I was a boy, when I was a little boy. And I looked over, and I don't know if you remember this, but you could look over the highway as you're going past, and and you could sort of see this house where uh, TBS was run out of. You know, mm-hmm. WTBS. Yeah. And for a minute and a half, they were running CNN out of there. Like, literally. <laughs> I just, I remember seeing that sign. You know, <laughs> even just as a child. Like, I don't even know how old I was. Maybe six or seven. Uh, not old. I was not that old. I was a young little boy. Yeah. But the thing I remember a little bit older than that was I was in elementary school. And my elementary school teacher was talking about how uh, she had taught the Indigo Girls. Um, and that they, and kids, they went to this element and they actually met right in this room. <laughs> yeah. You know, like, right in the classroom, kids. This is where they met. I, you know. And I'll tell you how big an institution Eddie's Attic is. I mean, I don't know if it's still in the pandemic or not, still coming out of the pandemic or not, but uh, I'm pretty much a dyed-in-the-wool. There's two kinds of music I really like. I like old-school old blues and, and heavy metal. And I don't know why those two things landed in the same body but they did uh but so eddie's attic should not appear in that (laughs) it should not be on that radar and i know about eddie's attic and i've been to it so that's how much of an institution it is um (laughs) well there there are other institutions too in the city that oh you know a lot of people don't talk about i mean for instance there's you know, you, you cited blues there, um, Blind Willies here in Atlanta. Um, there's right, and there's is, a bar. Is, is that bar still around? Where they? That's where Fiddling John or whatever. I'm going to say the name wrong, and I'm sorry for all the country fans. Uh, but one of the first country acts in the world <laughs> played in this bar in Atlanta. And it, I don't know if that's the same place, but I mean, you you've got. <clears throat> Like Blind Willies, for example, is, is it's not Blind Willies. There's a but there is there's a bar, which, yeah, which, which is where Fiddle and John used to play. I, hmm. But I, I think they knocked it down and or tried to knock it down and put in a Margaritaville because you know we need more. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, that I think that place. If they haven't knocked it down, they're going too soon. And I've actually got a friend who I work with, who is a historian and a, an author. Um, it was the, it was the, rec- it was a recording studio. Um, 
where the first country music was recorded. Like this was, wow. you know, this was before before Nashville. You know, this was yeah b- before Nashville became Music City. Yeah. Um, yeah, 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 but you're right. You, but you're right. It, it's it's somewhere where they they're gonna put they they wanted to put like a Margaritaville kind of situation. Yeah, because we need um, those. Just saying. Yeah, because Atlanta <laughs> Atlanta's on the beach, right? <laughs> okay, for, I have listeners all over the world. Uh, for those of you who aren't aware, that was sarcasm. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Andrew and I, but we've known each other for years, uh, so that's why this podcast is going to be a little different, uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, but anyway, um, so let's try to get back on the beam here, so we're talking about, uh, the music scene kind of before the pandemic in both Athens and Atlanta. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, Let, let's talk about Atlanta because I've, I've I've been an Atlanta guy for the past, let's say, five years. So it's, it's been a while since I've, I've I've played in Athens. And I'll, I'll tell you, I'll tell you about pre-pandemic. I'll, I'll tell you about um, how it was right up until maybe a year ago. Um, so we were firing on all eight cylinders. We were playing gigs here in town and and and. You know, I had I, w- I don't want to boast and say we had a full house, but we had people coming in and, and hearing the music, and and nobody's wearing a mask and and sitting close together and that kind of stuff. And um, there were two gigs that stand out to me um, in my recent memory. Uh, it was around March of last year. Um, I played a solo gig with my friend Joel. You know Joel Mooneyham. and uh, I do. And my friend Jessica uh, Taroxi. Uh, we did a we did a a gig at Red Light Cafe where we played a set of my stuff with um, a gentleman named Benny Brosh from Colorado and this band um, from Macon called the Vineyard Band. Um, and we had a kind of a small crowd, but it was. There, there was not that. There was not that fear, not that paranoia. We weren't to the point yet where we were having to wear masks, and there were the restrictions. That was kind yeah. of, one of the last ones we did, and then um, I played. I'm trying to think of this other one. Um, the country band that I play in, I play pedal steel with a, a country band called Sweet Young Twang. We played at a place called, I think it's called Gypsy Rose in Roswell. And that was, it was on my birthday actually, on February 28th last year. Um, and we had a pretty decent crowd in the house. And then sh- weeks after that, everything shut down. Okay, so I know this. So like all of a sudden. Yeah, I know this because I've, uttered it into a podcast a whole bunch. Um, so the NBA buttoned up on March the 14th. And mm-hmm. as I recall, it was people were talking about it before that. But then, like, and I know I'm going to get this a little wrong, but I went out to supper with a buddy of mine on March 14th. And we were already remarking about how light the traffic was. 
Mm-hmm. Like we were already remarking about. So I, I think I'm going to get this a little wrong, but I swear it was already where people were thinking, you know, should I go out? There's a thing, whatever. And then the NBA closed up that night. I mean, I remember all is in the movie about COVID. Okay. There's going to be a scene where all the phones go off at the same time talking about how the NBA closed up. That's real. That actually, <laughs> that actually happened. We were sitting in this, uh, burger place and all the, you know, beep beep, <laughs> all the phones went off. Yeah. And, um, there was like a, an audible hush over the dining room. People sort of realized what was going on. And then like the, so that was March the 14th. So, and that's, yeah. that's about the time that we were sent home from work and, and started the whole telework thing. Yeah, it's, it's, it's almost yeah. exactly to the day, like right in the middle of March. Um, yeah. I've never seen anything like it. And you what know, have you never, well, hang on, what have you never seen anything like? That, the, the quickness in which everybody sort of was compelled to lock down the way they were. Right. That was around that, that period of that couple of weeks, I remember going to Kroger and seeing toilet paper being gone from the aisles and bottled water being gone from the aisles and bread and even flour, you know. Flour was gone because people yeah. lined it up. Well, we've, uh, bought more flour in the last year, I swear to God. We bought, mm-hmm. you know, we, we do a, a mess, we do a mess time bacon around here these days. Yeah. A whole, a whole, a whole ton. Uh, <laughs> and I'll, I'll, I'll tell you this too. This is, you, you, you said earlier today you wanted to get spicy about stuff. And I'll, I'll tell you this, like, a couple of weeks ago, <clears throat> and I, I had seen this prior to, this year um i like to fish i'm a avid fisherman um yeah. i went to I, I went to academy sports um a couple weeks ago to pick up some hooks and some weights and stuff like that to so okay to, I, to go again, fishing. i'm sorry wait again not to brag but i have a podcast listened to by folks all over the world so let's explain okay so academy sports is a what we call a big box store. A big box sporting goods store. Okay. So you you can get you can get golf gear, you can get workout gear, you can get hunting, fishing, um, okay, stuff like that. Baseball, baseball uh-huh. gloves. Anyway, I have listeners so, in Singapore that don't know what that is. I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> so I went. To go and get some hooks, some jigs, some weights, stuff like that to go fishing, right? Okay. And I showed up, I showed up on a Friday morning before work thinking that I could knock this out and then come back home and get back to work. And I got there before they opened and the line was around the building. Um, and I walked up, um, and got at the end of the line and started talking to somebody and I said, let me guess, you're here for ammo. And they were. Apparently, 
the trucks come two days a week and drop off ammo, and it's a mad dash to get in. It's like Black Friday to get in there and get bullets. Um, I, I walked in. <laughs> like, I, I walked in behind all these folks. I, as soon as I got in the door, I veered off into the workout stuff to not get in the middle of all the ammo people. But yeah, they're, they're, they were selling nine millimeter and five five six, which is for uh, which you put in an AR fifteen for like I think fifty dollars a box, something like that. It, it's it was insane. No, I okay. I've never bought ammo as, uh, at all. So, what would be the going before the pandemic? What would be your your going rate for ammunition? Um. I'm trying to think because I do shoot too. Um, I just haven't been in the market for ammo lately, but a box of pistol ammunition before all this happened was, I think, $9. So uh, it comes, I think it comes 50 to a box. It's like a, it, now it's like a dollar per round. It's just the, the you know, the shortages and things like that that are happening. And it's, that ties into politics and everything else, which I really right. want to get I mean, into. There's a, well, there's a, I'll, I'll just touch on it briefly. There's a thing where if you have a Democratic president, mm-hmm. people buy ammo. That's been going yeah. on a minute. All right. So that was our political lesson for the day. Um, <laughs> uh, no, no. Okay, so here we go. Um, so let's. Um, so people going around the block for ammo, and this was when? When would you say this was about? Um, about a month ago. A month ago, because I would think by now people are. Um, I don't want to say adjusting, because that's not the word I want. But, like, okay, this is sort of the new normal. Yeah. Like, you know, I miss sauntering down to Chick-fil-A, but, okay, this is this is how it is. <laughs> well, l- let me stop you right there, Ben. Like, you, you asked me a question a second ago, what, what's the music scene like now? Let, let me talk about that. But I, I, I'm sorry, I got off on ammo right. and that, that kind of crap. Let, let me talk about that real quick. For sure. Um, so one thing that I've, I've experienced in the past several months is I've been in the studio with a couple of friends of mine, um, working on projects. Um, people are creating, um, people are working on their stuff. I would love to say that I took this time and wrote my masterpiece, but I didn't. Um, I was talking to a friend of mine. Uh, two weeks ago about what all this means and, and he's a, he's another musician, um, yeah, who recently moved out of, moved out of the state to, to pursue some work. And, you know, I said, I said, man, I, I would like to tell you that I've taken this time and, and really buckled down and done something, but I haven't. Um, and he's like, yeah, I, I, I feel the same way. But, however, I've 
been able to to play on a couple of different things in the studio with some friends and and seen some people doing some stuff in the studio and 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 working on their stuff and and getting ready to get back out there when things open up again um which is encouraging you know uh they're they're getting into the creative process and 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 keeping it going um, we have uh, the country band I play in now, we've done some things like this past spring and summer outdoors. You know, we've played out and, and done some, some block party kind of things and, um, outdoor, uh, drive-in festivals and stuff like that. We're, we're, we're trying to keep it going. Um, so there's a whole army of people out there who are creative and, and doing the thing and, and getting ready for when things open up to be out there and doing it. So that's very encouraging. Um, and that kind of keeps you going if you're a musician, you know. Um, yeah. It, it's, uh, you know, it, it, it's, there's, there's a couple of venues here in town who are, who are doing the virtual thing and doing the limited seating thing, which is working for them very well. Um, I've also seen some venues um, in Athens, for example, that have shut down just because it's too much and they just couldn't keep it going, well, which is I, sad. I was talking to a woman uh, earlier today on her podcast, and, and she asked me, like, what do you think the changes out of the pandemic are going to be? And I thought about it. Because I've thought about this a lot, and I've thought about it all of like maybe half a second, literally. Because I I know exactly what one of the things is going to be college. Mm-hmm. Like college is just going to change totally. I really believe, and like Athens, I wonder if in the new world, if they've overbuilt, you know, venues and bars and stuff like that. You know. Well, I mean, we talked about this earlier today. Um, remember, like, we, I, I go out, I go, I go to bars, I go to restaurants, even now, and, and I mask up when I go in the door, sit down. When somebody comes up to the table to take my order, I mask up, I take it off to eat or drink. Um, you know, it's, it, it seems like, there's a give and take and, and there's, I don't want to say people are being lax, but, you know, there's a certain limit to the rigidity of keeping that thing on all the time. Um, but, I mean, people are, here in Atlanta, people are going to restaurants. People are going to bars. They're doing it. They, they're not, you know, you're not going to shows. Um, like you did two years ago, but people are going out to eat. People are going to the store, um, right, and and living their lives. Um, I this is another thing I told you about. Like, I've always been a germaphobe, um, and mm-hmm. this whole this whole thing has driven it into overdrive. I carry around a bottle of. I carry around a spray bottle of alcohol to spray my hands when I 
open doors or do anything. Mm-hmm. I keep a mask on. I've got I've got two or three different masks and j- jacket pockets and shirt pockets that I can grab onto um, when I need them. <laughs> oh, and God. hell, I mean, even yesterday I went I went to Zaxby's and I was getting ready to go to the window to to, uh, to pay. I had my mask on, like you know, I'm not messing around with it. Um, yeah. Right. No, I I get it because it just takes one breath. I mean, it, yeah. apparently. Um, no, I was just, you know, okay. So let me ask you this because I've noticed this. The times I've been out, I've noticed a lot less traffic compared to how it used to be. Mm-hmm. Is that, am I alone? I can't be alone well, the, we're in Atlanta. We're in Atlanta. There's always traffic. Well, right. No, there's always traffic, but I said less. I didn't say no. I said, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I said less traffic. And I guess that's the economy because, you know, I'm with you. I see a lot of people acting like coronavirus is over, you know. It, Maybe I should have paid better attention to how things were a year ago. Um, it just seems like the time of day and the whatever holidays happening. Yeah. Traffic, like, but if I'm coming home, let's say, if I get out, it's because I'm going fishing, um, on a Saturday or I'm going to band practice over in in Buckhead or somewhere. Um, if I come home on a Saturday afternoon, maybe around two, and I'm, I'm getting on seventy five eighty five coming home, it it will clog up pretty bad. And North Avenue near where I live will clog up pretty bad. Um, the yeah. holidays, you know, weekends, holidays, stuff like that. If I'm going out of town, up the interstate with trucks and stuff like that, it, it will clog up. One, one, one stretch of road I drive pretty often is 85 up past Brazelton up to, up to South Carolina, and that will get pretty bad on like a Sunday or Saturday afternoon, you know, just with the amount of yeah. trucks and stuff like that, like moving, moving freight and moving commerce. Yeah. So I'm alone there. Um, of the two of us, I'm alone in that. I've noticed the drop off in traffic, and, but, but like I've noticed less traffic, and I think it's because of the economy and working from home. But I don't yeah. know. Yeah, and plus, like you live in Atlanta, and, and Atlanta's always been a destination. Mm-hmm. I mean, Atlanta's always been. I mean, I used to live in the city, and. I feel like every weekend something was popping off. Like every weekend something was happening. Yeah. Even the weekends where nothing was happening, something, you know. Well, I mean, hell, it's Super Bowl weekend right now. And two years ago we had the Super Bowl here, you know. Well, no, you had the Super Okay, what was the year the United won the – that was 18? Yeah, so it was – Okay, it was two years ago. Right. Yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right. 
So, yeah, I remember that. And they were saying it was the most attended Super Bowl ever. Oh, I don't remember that, but I, I'd, I'd believe it. Yeah. And, hell, I've I've, I've flown, you know. I've, I've been on a plane since the whole thing started. Went to Vegas back in October. Um, and it yeah. struck me, you know, that they made you keep your mask on the whole time you're on the plane. You mean October of 19 uh, or October of 20? 20. Okay. Yeah. And you're, you know, you're required to wear a mask in your, in, in your seat, um, and they bring out your snacks or whatever in a bag and give them to you. Like it's, it's not, you know, they, they altered their service on the plane. There's no, you know, you can't order a drink, can't order food. They just kind of give everything to you in a Ziploc. Yeah. Which was interesting. <laughs> and right. then, and then the casinos, like, there's a whole other thing. Like, you know, we went to Vegas and, and went to the casinos and they're pretty rigid on how they want you to behave there. You know, you're, you're, you're allowed to sit and have a drink and, even smoke a cigarette at a slot machine, but you must keep your mask on when you're not either taking a drag off a cigarette or drinking a, a drink. And, you know, I got, I got fussed at a couple of times. Some guy came around. I was sitting there playing the slot machine and the guy, I have a mask off and he's, you know, he said, sir, you, you got to keep that mask on when you're not actively drinking or smoking. So I had to keep it on my face. You know, yeah. So, I mean, even even heavily concentrated places like that, where there are people everywhere, in <laughs> Las Vegas, <laughs> in in a casino where it's just you know a petri dish, they're they're still in, enforcing those rules. That is so crazy. So, um. So what do you think um what do you think some of the things coming out of the pandemic are going to be Some of the things that that are going to stick with us I think you're going to there's going to be a lot more flexibility in working from home working remotely stuff like that people are going to not be in the office as much I personally, from my nine to five, like I've gotten used to it. I've become accustomed to it. It's it's the reality now. But there's still this struggle inside me where my work is inside my home, twenty four seven. Yeah, and it was nice to have that separation to be able to go to the office and and come home at the end of the day and not have that there. I think that. I may be making excuses for my creativity, but like I feel like that whole tentacle has grabbed onto me, where I don't come home and play, and play guitar at the end of the day. I've got work; yeah. it's just constant. Um, however, you may be able to go and stay at an Airbnb somewhere, and you know, get up at six o'clock in the morning go fishing for a couple of hours, then come work for a few hours and then work, you know, go back and forth and, 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 and kind of have this work life balance thing. 
Yeah. I have a, I, I, I'm not mature enough or not uh, smart enough to, to, to make the twain meet. Um, I think a lot of people are. Um, so I think you're going to see a lot of that. You're going to see a lot of flexibility yeah. when it comes to that. But there's some people out there who, there's some people who can't do that. Like, there, there are people who do work that they can't do on a laptop. You know, they, they're doctors right. and, and linemen and... Or, or like if you're a, an ER nurse or if you're a... Yeah, yeah. Something like that. You're, yeah, you're yeah, yeah. Fireman, you're, there, there's plenty of occupations out there where these people don't, they don't have that luxury to do. Yeah. The kind of crap that you, I do, you know. You know what strikes, yeah, you know what strikes me that I need to talk to you about is there's something we just talked about that we know about, like us in this time. But maybe five or ten years from now, maybe ten years from now, people aren't, people, what are you talking about? Work from home, right? Mm-hmm. What do you mean, working? <laughs> like, what is work from home? Because <laughs> I'm with you. I think the offices are going to, I think they're going to have to find things to do with those buildings. Office buildings, I mean. Yeah. Be- because I don't think, I think this is going to stick around, people. Um, so why don't we talk about, so let's pretend like it's February of, uh, let's see, February of 20, right? Or say February of 19, right? So let's take me through your day on a Monday. Like start oh, before, the, be, before all this happened. Yeah, yeah. Like take me through like you wake up, you know, like all the way through it because I don't think that's going to exist anymore as a necessity. That's that's a really good question because I'm going to try to remember and and I'll try to walk you through what it was like. So, yeah, I would get up. Um, I would get up by an alarm fairly early, and and these days I get up just fairly early just because I can't sleep anymore. But I would get up. There would be a routine. I would get cleaned up, take a shower, brush my teeth, make coffee. Um, fix coffee for my wife and myself. And then feed the cat and then get in the car, go to the office and log in and start working. Okay, wait. Log into a computer. At my, at my, in my cubicle, which is okay. still there. My, my cubicle is still there. Yeah, because let me I'm tell you what I'm, let me tell you what let me tell you what I'm doing, right? I'm trying to, as a historian, I'm trying to tell the future. I'm trying to get you to tell the future what this was like in the mm-hmm. in a minute detail, because I don't think it's going to exist like this later. Except I don't know when later is. You know, I don't know when the the bosses of Earth are going to sit up and go, why are we paying on this tower? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I, like would, talk- I would walk... Yeah, I, w- I would 
scanned my my badge behind two or three people in line at a gate and and get out of my car and walk into a building through security and ride on the elevator with people and have small talk up 22 floors, uh, walk uh-huh. out, sigh when I got off the elevator and be like, oh, God damn, here I am again. And I don't think that security was there before 9-11. I don't know, but I'm not thinking it was uh, Probably not. But schlep up to your cubicle, sit down, put your bag down, log in, and, you know, and do your thing. Start waiting for people to show up because I was usually there before a lot of folks were because I lived so close. And small talk, joking around with people, and then... You know, maybe wander down to the cafeteria, get breakfast. There's a thousand people milling around, like in line together. Get your eggs and your hot sauce and your bacon and yeah. Okay, now when you say, all right, now when you say a thousand people, you literally mean a thousand people. I mean, I'm exaggerating. A lot of people. Yeah, a lot of people. Okay, and because one, yeah. Because one of the things I wonder about is I wonder if people are not going to be doing that because everybody because a lot of people who can work from home are going to be working from home. So, you know, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like I've got a na- I've got neighbors that I don't think have seen the inside of their office since March the 14th, 2020. Ugh. <laughs> you know. And not because they're unemployed. Can you imagine the break room refrigerators? Actually, somebody actually told me a a cute little story about his break room refrigerator. (laughs) But (laughs) where essentially the boss was like, not the boss, but the, the person over the building was like, okay, nobody's here. Uh, clean out the refrigerator now. And nobody did because nobody, you know, why? Tell me, tell me why. <laughs> but, right. All right. So a thousand people eating lunch, eating breakfast and nobody was wearing a mask. Let's just put that into the world. Nobody. <laughs> that was, nobody. That was before, you know, that was before all this happened. Nobody's flouting rules or anything. It was just, we were yeah, living no, wait, Right. And, and well, right. Nobody. Nobody in America wore a mask unless something was up with them or right. they were in the medical world or they were robbed. I think literally until a couple of months ago, it was illegal to go into a bank or a post office with a mask on. <laughs> I mean, and now you have to. Right. Just saying. And the reason I'm doing this is not, not to be mean to you or whatever. I'm doing this because somebody's going to listen to this later. And they're, they're, this is their world, right? This is the world in which they live. They don't know what it's like to to drive God knows how long, to, to sit in an office, to, to meet people they don't wouldn't see otherwise, to blah, you know. They don't know what that is. You know? Oh, yeah, of course. 
Right. I mean, that's why I'm okay. So we're we're eating we're eating breakfast. We're we're talking to people. Um, then you go back to your office. Um, all like that. Yeah, everybody's there. Like everybody's in the office, and everybody's in a conference room, or you know. Yeah, you get, now, on, an ele- let, get on an elevator with twelve people. And, and now let down. me ask you this, because I can't believe I haven't asked you this yet. I don't think I've asked anybody this. Before the pandemic, like back when COVID nineteen was, what is that? <laughs> you know, um, did anybody in your job that you know of was there any talk about? You know, we could do this from home. We could, we can actually work from home. Blah blah blah. Not, not the way they're talking about it now. Like we're 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 talking about it, of course, because it's our new reality. But like, it was sort of confined to um, circumstances. You know, I've. I've I've got to be at home because I have the. Uh, I've got to be at home because I've got the 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 guys coming in to look at the kitchen, or or I've got some work being done at the house. Or my kids are sick, or my yeah, my parents are in the hospital. I'll, I'll log in from the ER, that kind of stuff. It, it wasn't. It was circumstantial. It wasn't like, oh well, you know, you can. This is something you can do now, you know. Right. And, and and pretty quickly after this all started, like I think it was June of last year, I was sitting on sitting sitting in on some uh, webinars about this being sustainable and normal, you know, and profitable, yeah. and and people liking it. Right. And some people like it, some people don't, you know. And I've the longer I go. You know, I'm I'm kind of okay with it. You know, I just I I wonder. I, I realize the cost. The cost in terms of what? Yeah. It, it just in terms of your days being consumed by it. You know, it's it's. What is it's the, in the different room? I mean, yeah, okay. What is the and there is a difference, but what what. On one level, on a philosophical level, right? What is the difference between the guy living above the printer, living above his print shop, and you living in the next room from your computer, your your work computer? You see what well, I'm saying? Like for hundreds yeah, I, of years, I don't, this is what people did. I don't own the print shop, right? Is, is one thing, you know. Right. Um, let, let's let's not yeah. let's not make a mistake here. I mean, I, I I work for somebody else. It's not my it's not my right. company. It's not my print shop. No, but makes, you know, I, I think that makes a difference. No, but you know what I mean, though, right? Like there, yeah. This was hundreds of years of you could just live above your shop or above somebody else's shop, and you know, I'm just. Thinking out loud. Um, yeah. So you actually in June you had a webinar or something where hey this is sustainable and this is something we can do. Um, 
like that. How do you think, let me ask you this. How do you think relationships are going to change? Like, because of this. <laughs> but like, do you know what I'm saying? Like, You know what I mean? That's a that's a mm, that's a really good question. That's a and a very difficult question too. It's it's because for me they have and they haven't. Um, damn. But but you know what I'm yeah. saying? Like, because you know if you're both sort of sitting or if you're both in the same place doing different yeah. things a lot, right? Yeah. Right. The, the thing is that that. Hmm. I have had a different experience here, like from your wife or from. Well, yeah, yeah, I think so because we've always here in our place. We've always sort of planned the day and, you know, communicated, you know, I've got this, this, and this. This is what's happening at this time. And, you know, we, we've sort of coordinated space to do calls and various things like that, right? Um, yeah. Things have changed, but they haven't changed in a lot of ways. Like, um, the bands I'm in, you know, we, we've all sort of kept doing our thing, you know, outside of this house. You know, I've got a standing practice every week with uh, Sweet Young Twang, which is the uh, band I'm in, and that's kind of the main band I'm in. And we always communicate when we're not feeling well or if somebody's, you know, we're very everybody's very sensitive about this whole thing like if somebody has a cough and we'll say well let's maybe not practice this week because Andrew doesn't feel well or so and so doesn't feel well it could be a cough or it could be right yeah (laughs) and the the big you know yeah the (laughs) big C right (laughs) Um, I mean and you know like for instance, you and I, we haven't I haven't laid eyes on you in what four years or more, but we still maintain a relationship. Um, Brian still, yeah, yeah. haven't seen each other in years, but we still maintain a relationship. I talked to him this afternoon. Yeah, um, my siblings, for that matter, my God, like I, I haven't seen my sister in a year and a half. Um, I saw my brother a couple months ago. Um, yeah, but we, everybody still tries to keep in touch. It's just it's bizarre. It's just, it, it's interesting. You, you, you do the best you can. It's interesting, isn't it? That you go through this list of people and you're thinking, all right, I need to send this person a text just to say, Hey, just so they'll, because mm-hmm. we have this whole little relationship going. And But then, uh, but then I see, I, 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 I run into somebody at the gas station and start a conversation with them. And we talk like we're we're family, you know. Of course, behind a mask and all that kind of stuff. It's just, yeah, it's weird. It's weird the way the the pandemic, the 
struggle and strife in the country and the the turmoil will really just kind of make you look at people differently and and i don't know i i try like to do and i don't know like try to connect with people and 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 be nice for lack of a better word you know i mean that i don't take i i guess i never took people for granted before but like you really don't now you know because i mean like i'll read some of these stories about so-and-so died or so-and-so whatever Mm -hmm. you know so-and-so's in the hospital or whatever. And it's just like, there was a person behind that face mm-hmm. or behind that, you know, there was a whole life. Well, and you people, know. It, it, people dying alone. That's, that's what kills me the most about this whole thing is like, your spouse can't be there with you. Your kids can't be there with you. And you're on a yeah. ventilator and it's over. That, or, oh. yeah. Or the people that don't, like, I mean, here we are on February the 7th, uh, 2021, and there's still people that think it's fake or they think whatever. <laughs> and you're just like, I just want to stare at them. <laughs> I just want to, like, you know, what? No, it's... <laughs> It's not fake. It's not fake. Again, but you know what? I'm, you've met those people. Surely you've, you've interacted with people that are like. I've heard it. Yeah. Yeah. This is not real. And you're just like, do you? And I, I literally, one guy, I just wanted to be like, maybe, it's, maybe, maybe it's because I talk to so many people all over the world, right? Maybe it is. I don't know. But I just wanted to be like, you need to listen to some of these people. You need to be on these calls with some of these people I talk to. Oh my god. You know. I mean it's like I talked oh, yeah, to I totally this, agree. It's like I talked to this lawyer and I had been wondering like like where are all the like cuz I would be talking to people I'd be talking to people, and they would all say, like, I'm missing so-and-so-and-so's missing. You know, these people are gone. So-and-so's missing. What, what's happening? Blah, blah. And this lawyer I talked to said that before the pandemic, we had a homelessness epidemic. We had a serious homelessness crisis in this country. Now, because of the pandemic, it's gotten even worse. And it's just like, Wow. I mean, you know. Oh, yeah. I mean, people's livelihoods and and lives are being affected, and I don't know. And so some of these people, I I really wonder, like, like you're talking about, like, it's your office in this tower that you go to, right? So I'm assuming there's, like, a somebody there selling coffee or somebody there selling candy or, or whatever. Like, that person's out of a job. Oh yeah. And I don't know if that job's ever coming back. 
Like, I don't know. Even if we opened up offices again, if that, you know. Your, your, your restaurants, your music venues, your coffee shops, they're, you know, they're going to suffer. And it's, yeah. You know, some of, some of them are hanging on as best mm-hmm. they can, but some of them are going to, mm. Well, like you remember, I mean, we're basically the same age. You remember before like 2008, the, the, the housing crash of 2008. Mm-hmm. There was a whole, I talked about it this morning. There was a whole class of restaurants just about it that vanished because of the crash of 2008. You know, like the what, that only, is? like your, your Rio Bravo's, your, uh, what's another one? Uh, Rio Bravo, uh, God, uh, what, come on, not, okay, like Outback Steakhouse. Uh, They're still around, aren't they? Not like they used to be. Mm. You might have like one or two, but like there's a couple of Sonny's, right? Sonny's Barbecue. There's a couple of Sonny's, but there's, it used to be like a lot. (laughs) You know, that middle layer of restaurants is basically... For the most part, it's like it's small restaurants or like it's small family restaurants or nothing. Yeah. I mean, you've got your Applebee's and your, but that's it. I mean, Applebee's, Chili's, I don't even think of Charlie's, there might be a couple of Charlie's, but there used to be, you know how it was. There was like, you could go down, what was that road in college? (laughs) Oh, God. Uh... But, But you know what I'm saying? There was that. They would be yeah. like a lot of them. And I wonder if grocery stores are going to make it. Like as far as I think, I, I, I think they will. There's every time I go to Kroger, it's it's packed. So you're not one of these uh, buying buying groceries over the internet people. No, I like to go in. You know, I mask up and go in and get what I need. Yeah, and a, a lot of other people are doing the same. I'm yeah. a I'm a Kroger, I'm a Kroger fan, I'm an Aldi fan. Um you know. Maybe you ought to listen to one of my I, I do I have two podcasts about grocery stores. You ought to listen to one of them specifically. That'll that'll move you off grocery stores for good. <laughs> you know. Well listen, if I'm showing up at, at, at Academy on a Friday morning for a crappy gig <laughs> Waiting behind all the ammo, people. You're not going to put me off a grocery store, my friend. So, okay. So, what do you think? Okay. So, you're thinking working from home is going to going to stick around, and um, yeah, I'm afraid so. For better or worse. Do you think? I mean, so you're still living in Atlanta. So, do you have? Because my one one of my friends living in Atlanta who refuses to come on my podcast, uh, he talks about how Atlanta is a ghost town now. Do you see that? Mm-hmm. Or <laughs> no, <laughs> no, no, no. Which is a little strange because y'all live in the same neighborhood. Or, I can't um, turn out. I can't. I can't turn out of my apartment complex without having to wait for seven or eight cars. Like it. it no, it's not a ghost town <laughs> at okay. all. Like, okay. 
Now, I, I'll tell you this. I went to vote back in November in January and whenever, like, ever else it was. Like, we voted 8,000 times in this state. Um, the line to vote was very short. <laughs> but I'm telling you, dude, it's it, 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 it's as bustling as ever. We had to wait. Uh, we went to... I think it was about a month ago we went to go eat some some Asian food across the street and we had to wait like thirty minutes to, to get in. Yeah. Like it's it's yeah. it's people are out and doing it. Yeah. Well and and pe- people are being responsible. They're wearing their masks, they're yeah. they're 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 standing on the, the tape and the checkout line. But they're out there. They're they're living their lives, you know, they're doing it. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh you know. Yeah. They're not people are not being careless. They're not they're not being flippant and, and Well, you might also live in a I mean you might also live in a more uh of course I haven't talked to her about this in a while. Uh but you might also live in a more a area where they're more receptive to news about the virus. Uh, what do you mean? Like, well, because she told me stories that were like, I'm not wearing a mask. You know, you can't make me. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna yell in your. I'm gonna breathe in your face. This is me breathing no, in your face. <laughs> yeah, nobody's <laughs> doing that here. Yeah, everybody's very respectful and 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 very. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, uh, even even myself, and this is something else we talked about today too. You know, I told you that this whole thing has driven my germophobia into overdrive, and I <laughs> yeah mask up when I walk out into the hallway. I mask up when I go to a store, and and yeah. immediately sanitize my hands when I touch something. Um, but everybody is very respectful around me. Like my elevator for my building, I'll push the button. To get it to go up to my floor. If somebody's on the elevator, I'll look at them and say, "Hey, would you rather me wait and get the next <laughs> one?" You know, like yeah, I'm, I'm very, right. I'm very conscientious about that kind of stuff. Well, let me you know? let me ask you a question, and you're not. I guarantee you, you're going to say, "That's a good question, Ben." Oh my God, I have no idea. Chuckle, chuckle. All right, but but I have a so. I, I had an aunt, a great aunt, who remembered the Spanish flu. And oh, really? she Yeah, yeah. Well, she's dead now. But, yeah, she remembered the Spanish flu. And I only met her a few times. Because, you know, I was a kid and she was a very elderly woman. But... um Occasionally, like they would, she, she would talk to her younger siblings who were themselves in their seventies, right? Mm-hmm. About, I remember the, when the flu was around. And now, blah, 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 blah. What do you think we're gonna remember about, about this light, about these times? Like when we're older. Like what do you think? We're going to remember. Trump. 
Yeah. What I mean, yeah. And so, I say that I say that with no irony. Like, like it's it's it, it, he is going to be the figure. He's going to be Nixon. He's going to be Hitler. Yeah. He's going to be he's going to be Kennedy. He's going to be the 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 main the the player. icon that we're going to remember one way or the other. One way or the other, yeah. So you don't even think it's going to be like, well, I remember, I remember this about the virus or that about this or this about that. Or, you think there, somebody... there's, there, 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 I'm thinking in terms of your question, like your your future generations, and it's going to be Trump. You and I, I will probably probably think about masks. And yeah, that's what I was talking about. Like you the, and I, the minutia, the minutia, like us when uh, we're eighty. <laughs> like, yeah, us but, when but we're there, eighty. What, there'll know. be a legend. The, the legend and the story will be the president, the the former president. Well, what I remember, uh, I mean, like what I what I guarantee you, I'll remember are all the people, especially in the beginning. Like, when you were, if I was to call up north, you know, like in Pennsylvania or New York, up in the beginning, people were, those people were scared. I mean, they were scared. I heard fear on the other end of that phone, you know. And, uh, I guess, it's not that I'm afraid of it, but it's kind of like, you see, it's kind of like, you know, you're, you, you, you see a storm, you're in a sturdy house, but you see a storm coming, right? You see a big storm coming and you know, maybe I shouldn't go to the grocery store or maybe mm-hmm. I shouldn't go pick the, that's kind of my analogy. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like I, I can see the storm <laughs> and I realize the storm is here or is coming, right? And I'm thinking, let's not go to here yet. Because the storm's still here, you know. And every time I think about it, every time you know, I, I just think about this one woman or these two people specifically, and how they would talk about how, like, all their business partners are in comas, or uh, this one lady, like her husband is missing an arm, and she doesn't know what to do. Mm-hmm. You know. Things like that. That's that's what I'm gonna remember is talking to all these people. Yeah, you know, all, all this fear coming out of the other end of this phone. Um, well, there's always been a lot of fear about a lot of things. You know, everybody's afraid of something, and well, and everybody's afraid of the unknown. I would think. Yeah, I mean, re- really. I mean, yeah. Yeah. I mean, anyway, um, so you think the, the people of the future are gonna remember Trump? Mm-hmm. Because they, everybody has, you have to assign, you have to give the responsibility to somebody. You know? Right, right. We've always done that. And, you know, but yeah. People are starting to do, people are starting to do that now with Biden. They're 
assigning yeah. responsibility. We assign responsibility to Trump. We we assign responsibility to Bush, Clinton, like every like every single leader. And yeah. I, I use that term. I, I use that. I I hate using that term because I will say this: they the, these are people that we elected. They are theoretically supposed to work for us, but yeah. let's, let's call them leaders for lack of a better word. But there there's you know, whoever is well, they are the they are they are the head of the bureaucracy. So therefore, yeah, that's true. But <laughs> you know, I, I, I philosophically have a problem with calling them leaders because they're they're you know we picked them. I, I'm with and, you. And I mean, yeah, my my paycheck goes to their you know. Well, I, let me. I hate, I used to work in government, and I used to hate when people would yell at me and say, "I pay your salary," but I'm one of those people. <laughs> I do pay their salary. It, it, the, the parties are a mess. It's they always have been. It's always been a farce. Well, yeah, <laughs> it's ridiculous. Yeah, it's absolutely ridiculous. But there was a time I've, I've heard stories from people that I've worked with before. Yeah, who used to work at who used to work in D.C., and this was before this was before Trump and before, you know, 9-11 and all that stuff happened. Yeah. But they would they would go in there and make these rules for everybody, and then they would go to the bar afterwards and laugh their asses off. Like, and you can't tell me that's not still happening. Like, you know what I mean? Like, like Both give me an example. I I don't have an example. I'm just telling you. Like they 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 would go in there into into Congress and and do stuff and then it oh, a whole big frat party afterwards. You know. Oh, and you're saying like in reality, both sides actually they're they're socializing. They're they're, they're that. Yeah, they're, they're it's it it was you know they they put a big show on on C-SPAN and, and they're, they're debating, yeah. but they're really on the same side. And I, I, I believe, yeah. I, I believe it. I mean, I, I, because you'd see like, I mean, like you had the GameStop thing and, and Congress was hip to it right away, but here we are looking for some kind of check. <laughs> oh no, we're, we're having this onerous debate. Heavy lifting. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. That's, and that's to me, that's the part to me, like for real, that's the part where people are going to, I really think there's a lot of people sitting around and maybe they're not doing what I'm doing. Maybe they're not talking on a podcast with somebody, but they are thinking, look at this. Look how performative this is. You stop it. <laughs> you know, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. You know, I mean, I mean, you know, just saying. Well, Andrew, it's been a pleasure. Do you have anything else you want to say into the internet? I don't think so. 
incriminated myself enough. Well, hey, um, <laughs> all right, just tell us what what acts you have, like what band you're playing and stuff. Uh, right now, I play in a band called Sweet Young Twang, which is the premier country outfit in Atlanta, Georgia. Um, and uh, I play with some other folks here in town. Um, I don't know if I'm officially a member of their band yet, so I'm going to refrain from telling you their name. Um, also, uh, <laughs> Andrew Vickery, solo artist, when I don't have writer's block, and that's about it. All right. Hang on. Let me unhook the recording. That was my friend, Andrew Vickery. I wanted to talk to Andrew because he's a good friend of mine and also because he is a very he's a very good musician in Atlanta. He's incredibly modest. He's actually, in, to my way of thinking, he's, he's far too modest, to be honest with you. But he's a very, very good um, artist. He's very well-known. Very well, well respected in, in a lot of circles in this town in terms of uh, kind of a, a working musician kind of thing. He's been on some albums, been on some CDs. Yes, we're that old. That I have a friend that made CDs and not just MP3s or YouTube videos or blah, blah, blah. So he does that too. But the thing I wanted to talk to him about, the reason I want to talk to him, is like you just heard. He has the temperature of the musical scene in Atlanta. And I, for one, believe the music scene in this town is, is going to change. And is going to change quite a lot. Along with the pandemic, along with everything coming out of the pandemic. And I also think that, you know, as time goes on, as... The vaccine rollout, which is slowly happening, as it as it takes longer, the more permanent uh, this this kind of stuff and and this type of type of world we live in is. Zoom is becoming more and more normalized and and more and more a part of essentially a part of everyday life. And I recorded a podcast with a fella that I'm going to release pretty soon. Uh, where he gets into some of the ramifications of that with uh, with kids. And but anyway, I just wanted to come on here and and tell you that I am working on the third season, the history deep dive situation. I'm I'm researching that. It's gonna be it's gonna be good. I'm I'm already excited about it. That's why I'm telling you about it. I'm excited about it. Um. Anyway. Like I always say, I'm having a great day, and I hope you are too. All right? Take care, everybody. I'll see you later. Bye-bye.